So I am here with Lindsay Metzelar, the host of We Met at Acme, one of my favorite relationship podcasts, um, which I had the privilege of being on not that long ago. Yes, you did. A true honor. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, your voice is so delicate and nice and like feminine. Oh my God, thank you so much. Welcome. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you about all things relationship, all things astrology. So why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about um, who you are, what you do, what you know about your own chart, and we can jump in from there. I mean, a lot of what I know is from you. um, Oh my God. So credit. But I am Lindsay, as you mentioned. I'm also from New York and I'm 28. I am a Libra sun, a Virgo rising, a Capricorn moon, a Virgo Venus, a Gemini Mars. Ah, pretty scary. It's fun. Yeah. And um, what else is important in my chart? And a Virgo Mercury. Lots of Virgo in there. I think a, I think a little bit more Capricorn. I'd have to pull up, pull it up. Um. And I was raised by a Virgo woman and a Sagittarius man. Ooh, I love that. Mutable. Mm-hmm. I have two mutable parents also. Really? Yeah. My mom is a Sag and my dad is a Gemini. Oh, I knew that. I knew that um, about your mom. We talked about it extensively um, on my <laughs> podcast for anyone who would like to hear that part. Um, but I and I also grew up with a an opposite sign sister. So a sister sign sister, essentially. My sister is also my opposite sign. No way. She's an Aquarius. Yes. My sister's an Aries. Fascinating. Very. So tell us about how you, what We Met at Acme is. Yes. um, Your journey behind that. For sure. I mean, Virgo energy is so fabulous for communication, right? Virgo is all about expression. I love Virgos in a podcast condition right Mm. i love them being able to use their incredible ability of organizing their thoughts in such a nice linear easily transferable way through podcasts so i feel like your rising is really glowing with this yeah yeah i feel like thank you i i hope that that's true i feel very virgo-y almost more so than libra um and the reason that the podcast started was because because i'm like that because i'm you know, for so long in my group of friends, I was like the, you know, the one to go to for dating advice. And I don't know if that has to do with the, a lot, all the Virgo in my chart or not. Um, and why was that? Like, what would what was the reason that everyone was going to you for dating advice? I think because probably because I was critical. And sometimes that's a good, you know, thing to hear when you're dating. You Capricorn moon the shit out of them. Yeah, exactly. But also because... You know, I could see it really clearly. Like, I could almost immediately tell you if you're telling me about a guy, if they're actually into you or not. And I'm not always right, obviously, but I could see it really clearly at that time, at like for four years growing up. But ironically, couldn't really see it for myself until I started to really like put myself out there and talk about this dating stuff on my podcast. Um, And the reason that I started the podcast was because I was blindsided by a breakup with someone that I really thought I had in the bag, you know, and I was like, clearly, I don't know as much as I think, or maybe I'm able to help other people, but clearly can't help myself. 
you know what sign was the person he was an aries actually my opposite um but he was a cancer rising scorpio moon which i told someone that once who knew about oh i told an astrologer that and she goes he's mean oh well just based on those three placements Mm -hmm. that's harsh we can't that's not enough information for us to know she was right though well astrologers Mm -hmm. know what they're talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i i one of the things that i'm excited to talk to you about is compatibility Mm -hmm. um i you know at at this recording right now i just did a workshop on cosmic compatibility and i introduced it by talking about basically you know the query what sign am i compatible with is an impossible thing to answer Mm -hmm. because not only is from an astrological perspective we don't have enough information to really gauge how these two individuals work together but compatibility is a two-way street right when we look at charts we need to not only look at how one person feels about an individual but also how you know person b feels about person a in turn because mm. if person A is obsessed with person B, but person B doesn't give a shit about person A, who cares if person B is good for person A's chart? That's a great point. So yeah. what was, you know, what do you think was the messaging that, or how were your wires crossed when it came to this relationship for you? Yeah, I think I think I thought that we were really compatible zodiac wise or or whatever um but you're right i mean this person was not good for me regardless of whether or not there was compatibility there and i think something i do as a big believer in astrology is i i get excited when you know we have compatibility and it's almost like i am more inclined to try to make it work as opposed to for example i dated a cancer when I first started getting into astrology and I kind of always knew like this isn't going to work, you know, and I was right. I ended up being right. But in the opposite way, I put I would put so much pressure on like a relationship with an Aries because I was like, it's my opposite opposites attract, you know, and an Aries was never for me. And I don't think they ever would be for me. Um, so I think, you know, there's a line when like compatibility stops and it's really about like who the person is and and if they're good for you yeah i think that um typecasting based on zodiac sign is a very dangerous game very dangerous um it's first of all it's bullshit Mm -hmm. right like as an astrologer i can say that i i there's so few truths to just looking sun to sun Mm -hmm. to see if there is compatibility Mm -hmm. um we need to take a full chart into account. But charts are also, when we just look at a birth chart, those are static entities. We also need to pull in timing. We need to pull in the transits. We need to see what's going on in somebody's life. And, you know, we can have, and I I'm, I think I've used this example a few times before already, but we can have someone with a Gemini sun and a Sagittarius moon and a Leo rising, and they could be the most warm and empathetic leader or they could literally be Donald Trump, right? right. A chart is going to manifest in different ways. Totally. Uh, depending on, you know, nature and nurture principles. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, you don't know how someone was raised. You don't know their story, where they come from. Like, a chart is incredible for so many various reasons. But if you don't first take into account, like, that person independent of their chart, then you don't 
it's just it's not enough you have to know the entire picture of this person so when now at this point you know you have found a platform for you to personally explore relationships to offer advice what are some of the things that you have learned that have surprised you as you've been doing this podcast it's a great question i've i've actually learned so I see a therapist and she's incredible. Um, and she's taught me a lot that I've brought into the podcast. And I've also been kind of like an amateur therapist myself with all of these, you know, great women and men reaching out and asking my dating advice on the DM and things like that. Um, and I've learned that it's not that black and white. My advice was very black and white at first, like, oh, you know, he they didn't text you they're not interested in you they didn't respond for x amount of hours they're not interested in you and that may very well still be true but i think being in a relationship is a lot about being able to move past things that are uncomfortable for you or maybe even like maybe hurtful to you um and i think as millennials we're so inclined to just like cut and run the second something we don't like happens or something that's hurtful to us or makes us feel vulnerable. And I've learned that if you want to be in a relationship, that's the opposite of how you need to behave. And you need to have this kind of like emotional maturity to be able to accept this person, even if they might do something that hurts you. And I don't mean cheating or anything like that, just personally. But things happen all the time that are not always like happiness and and joy in relationships. And if you don't get past those moments, then you're not going to have the good moments. And I think as a young, you know, person dating, I, I just thought if it wasn't good, that's that. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's a, I mean, a really huge massive shift in thinking and recognizing that there are all of these gray areas of, you know, if somebody is texting you traditionally, I agree with you. I would think like, yes, they're interested. Mm-hmm. If they're not texting, you no, they're not interested. Right. But there's people are very different and have very different ways of operating and interpreting things too. Mm-hmm. something that I have found in my practice um, really quite interesting is the fact that I can read a text message from my vantage completely differently than somebody else would read it and interpret it because my diction is different because my language is different and this to me is when astrology actually does such an amazing job at reminding us of how different people are and how different they operate and to your point finding a sustainable relationship is compromise and it's also saying like okay these are these are my like needs this Mm. is what makes me feel safe and whole um what makes you feel safe and whole and can we agree on these could we agree to disagree on these but ultimately it has to be honest it has to be communicative and there needs to be some sort of precedent set of like yep when you are working i don't hear from you for 12 hours and I don't particularly like it, but I know that that's what you're capable of. Right. Yeah, exactly. I actually had a conversation with my parents and a few of their friends recently who are all 
you know, in long term marriages at this point. And we basically we said that there's you know, we all agreed that there's one thing that kind of keeps two people together in a relationship. And it's the the want essentially for it to work. And if you know, if they if they're not communicative of at like the office or, you know, these little things that you had just mentioned, like as long as they want it to work with you and like they want to be with you and that's their goal is to end up with you and yours to end up with them and just make it work, then I mean, it sounds cliche, but not really much else matters because then they're going to do the things that it takes in order to stay together. And they and you have that same like end goal, you know, and that's really important. So like all, you know, astrology aside, like even if, you know, let's say you're two compatible, incompatible signs, if you both want it to work, it's probably going to work. Well, it's so interesting. And I, I think that that is a very meaningful way of framing it in a relationship to work. One of the things that we astrologers also look for is what Saturn is doing. Mm. Saturn is the planet that's associated with rules and restrictions. And it has this very tough love, like stern daddy approach to the way that it moves through life. It also reflects commitment. Mm. So in order for a relationship to work, we need Saturn, which is a planet that usually, you know, we fear and we don't we don't want to see Saturn popping up when it comes to like creative endeavors or sex right but we definitely want to see it coming up in partnering Mm. when it comes to really being serious and saying i'm gonna do this work how do you know if it's coming up for your relationship so we can find what saturn is doing through a number of different ways we can look to see what saturn is doing in each individual's natal chart Mm. Um, if it's being aspected by any of the other planets we can see where saturn shows up in one person's natal chart and the others. Um, We can also look to see what Saturn is doing in transit, where Saturn is in the sky, Mm. to see, to get a event chart for this relationship and see if Saturn was involved when these two people met. What was Saturn doing on their first date? Was it in the first house? Was it in the seventh house? Was it in the tenth house? Um, From there, we can figure out you know, where it's moving. What are the trials and tribulations that as a couple this is going to face? Another way is by looking at a composite chart, which is two people's charts together using midpoints Mm. to then create a single entity out of a couple and to see how Saturn is involved in that equation as well. So your Saturn moves through the houses. It doesn't stay in one. Well, your Saturn in your birth chart stays where it is okay saturn in the sky moves all the time ah i see so really what astrology is is your birth chart and boundless infinite techniques of being able to figure out how this comes alive because your birth chart more or less is static it Mm -hmm. doesn't have vitality to it because it's a snapshot of the sky when you were born in order to bring a birth chart to life We use progressions, which would be how a birth chart transforms over time. Or we could use transits, which is how the planets in the sky at any given moment are affecting the birth chart. Or we can look at 
um, inner relationship charts to say, okay, this is one person's birth chart. This right. is another person's. This is now how this is illuminating different areas of that. I'm so while you were saying that I went to just see to remind myself what my Saturn where my Saturn was and in what house and this is hysterical because I do this dating podcast and it says your Saturn so my Saturn's in Capricorn and it's in my fifth house it says meaning you have had difficulties with romance self-expression creativity and pleasure so yeah, I mean, Saturn is harsh where we see it in our chart, but I think that it gets a bad reputation that maybe is well-deserved, but part of the lessons of Saturn is to also recognize that it's not going anywhere. So it becomes something that we have an incredible gift in reconciling. Saturn mm. really you know, shows up when we have our Saturn return, of course. That's really when we have to confront what Saturn means to us. Saturn through the houses can be a bummer. You know, people can, everyone is going to get bummed out when they read where Saturn falls in their chart, you right. know, because Saturn is like where we are hardest on ourselves. Mm. Um, I see Saturn, I see the outer planets as not as literal as some of the personal planets we're going to see the effects of where the sun or the moon or Mercury or Mars or Venus is in a much more palpable way because those planets are how we do things on a day-to-day -day basis. Something like Saturn is revealed over the course of time. It has much to, I mean, Saturn, of course, controls time, but it has to do with the evolution of our own spirit as we progress through our lives. Hmm. To me, Saturn also has a lot to do with the father the relationship we have with our father or the paternal figures in our lives and then how we reconcile that and allow ourselves regardless of gender or parental status to become to become daddy right what do you think it means when someone um first of all when someone goes for someone that's exactly like their father and then when someone goes for someone who is the opposite of their father well i think that that is you know we have to look at to see what Saturn's doing in the first place. Is, mm -hmm. Are they approaching it for the right reason? I mean, mm -hmm. I am personally very wary of anyone who has a flawless relationship with their parents. Yeah. I see that to me as one of the biggest red flags mm. that I could find. Why? Because in order to allow yourself to become your fullest person, you need to accept your parents as humans and see them in the full 360 vantage with their flaws and their achievements and how they tried hard and how they fucked up and to acknowledge all of these things um, in a really full and complete way. I mean, by the same token, I also am wary of someone who's in their 30s and hasn't found love for their parents. Mm. Um, but I, I want to see like a nice balance of these two things because nobody's parents are perfect because nobody's perfect for sure and yeah. when we mature we can see like these are the things they did really well and these are the things they could have done better for yeah. some people those are going to be more blaring and obvious mm. than others but by and large i'm i want to see somebody have awareness of that 
Mm-hmm. And if I don't, we're going straight to that Saturn and talking about it. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I also looked up. So do you think that it you had mentioned compatibility with Saturn before? Do you think that yours and your partner's Saturn signs should be compatible? Well, Saturn is generational, so it's going to people born within a three year set are going to have the same Saturn. So you and I both have Saturn and Capricorn. Right. But my partner has his in Aquarius. So he was born. He's younger than you. Mm-hmm. Cute. But only by four months. How did that happen? It happened. With the Saturn. It happened. It yeah. was it. It moved into another sign. Yeah, it really went there. But if he's only four months, I you're going to have your Saturn returns at very um, similar times. Right, right. I think he's just beginning his. I already started mine. You know, interestingly, he could have actually been Saturn and Aquarius and been older than you because Saturn also goes retrograde. Oh, that is very interesting. So me calling him out on being younger would not necessarily but you be were 100%. Spot on. Oh, well, I'm a genius. Exactly. <laughs> um, wait, but I have to read this thing to you and you could tell me this is irrelevant and to stop. Okay. So then I just I looked at his because remember how I said it says I struggle it says that I struggle with a sense, my sense of responsibility, ambition, conservatism, repressed emotions, obsessions with money and power. Not not wrong, right? Not wrong for our generation. Right. And then it says that he struggles with obstinacy, um, a superiority complex, and being overly detached. So you're reading... Um, it's something I have not talked about yet on, oh, this, yeah, well, I, I <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, we don't is, need to speak about which it. Which is co-star. Um, so, no, we can speak about it. I feel like this is high time for me to talk about apps and astrology. Mm. Um, I came into astrology because I started a dating app. So I am very closely connected to the idea of trying to make astrology accessible within the technology space. Right. I don't mind it. However, what we need to remember when we're using something like CoStar Mm. is that it is um, all pre-written, pre-interpreted analyses of your chart from the most clinical perspective Uh, even if they're written with love because it's being fed into your app through an algorithm. So there's no human touch to it um, and there's no gift of interpretation or narration. And to me, the role of a good astrologer is somebody who doesn't just memorize what this planet in this sign in this house does, but connects the dots in a very meaningful way to say, Yes, this might be that concentrated, isolated energy of what something is doing, but how does it fit into the rest of your chart to create a much richer narrative? Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And that's why I think it's so important to not just rely on an app, but also to get a reading from an astrologer who knows what they're talking about. And I think it's also difficult because there are so many memes out there when it comes to astrology. It's so easy to just apply yourself to those memes. Like I saw, I saw one that I put on my Finsta. 
I didn't know you had a Finsta. I have a Finsta. Oh, I'm ready for um, a follow. I'm ready. I'm ready to accept you. Um, But I'll tell you in confidence what the name is. Um, I saw it's called negative. It was about negative expression. It was from this account, Real Astrology or something. And it basically it tells you like your sun, moon, rising, Venus and Mars and what what that negative expression of that would be. And so if this were true, then I would be this like, you know, what was it like this vain, power hungry, like dishonest, like blah, blah, blah thing. But that's just looking at the extreme negative, first of all, of the different elements. And then also like it's just too general. Like it's not necessarily true that not all Libra sons are vain. You know what I mean? Yes, they are. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I yes, mean, no, of course I'm, not. I'm sure Absolutely. Most are. They are most Libra sons. Well, okay, also like who's vain? Right? Like is somebody coming into the world saying, "I'm doing this because I am vain." There's reasons that people do the things they do and we may interpret them as vain. And I think that some of the dangers and I you know, I agree with the skeptics of astrology's concern that astrology typecast people and puts them into boxes because it can be used for that absolutely you know if we just look at things on a surface level we can end up really like i don't know being hurtful to mm. ourselves and to other people right but when we think about things from an empathetic place and we think about things from a blown out concept of like who somebody is and what did they come from and what did they think was right and how are they approaching it, we can find a lot more kindness right. for them, which makes our relationships much better and easier. I couldn't agree more. What do you think about um, cusp signs? I've heard a lot of mixed feelings. There are no such thing as cusps. That's, that's what I thought you were going to say. Yes, there mm-hmm. are no such thing as cusps because each sign has 0 to 29 degrees in it, mm. 30 degrees. So you're, you're in a degree. Do you believe in numerology at all? Just curious. I think numerology is super cool. I don't practice it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to talk to people who know about it. In this podcast, I actually talked to a good friend of mine, Remington Donovan, who's an amazing numerologist. Um, and he did my he did my numerology. I guess it's not a chart. I don't know what you would call it, but he did my numerology and he Mm. said that I was all eights and nines which is interesting because um my birth day is eight one eight eight nine so it's pretty much all eights and nines to begin with very interesting and I'm an eighth house person Mm. so another eight which is the infinity symbol too which I think is pretty cool true true (laughs) that is cool you should get a tattooed I should get a tattooed you're right um yeah no I love that and I mean, for me, I don't, are there other, like, how did you start to become curious about astrology? I became curious at first because someone moved into my apartment with books about astrology when I was in college. And I read, the first book I ever read on astrology is the big book of birthdays. And I read my day, September 28th, and I was like, this is spot on. And then I was like, but is it? I was very skeptical. So I read another day. 
And I was like, I don't relate to this other day. So I really relate to my day only. And then I read some of the things that it said. Yeah, it's it was it's the day of the heartbreaker is what it is. Ooh, Um, that's sexy. It's a bit sexy. Um, And it said that it said my. It said like charming, but then it said um, destructive, which was very true. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. And then what else did it say? It said that I. It said some intense shit, actually, that I really I still remember. It said that I shouldn't drink or do drugs, which was very fascinating. And you don't. And I don't. It said that I but I don't now. I definitely was then. I mean, it was college. And it said that I will meet the person I'm supposed to be with later on, which um, I hope it's later now, you know, (laughs) We'll see, TBD. Um, but I think that also just means like not to rush into anything. It said I'd have like many, many like lovers and and interesting things at, when I was young. Um, but oh, and it and it said that I um, whether or not I do it intentionally, I make people feel. I forgot exactly how it was said. I'm sure we could look it up somewhere. But it was like. I make people see themselves like very clearly, whether that's bad or good. You know what I mean? Which I guess checks out with what your relationship was within your group of friends. Right. Exactly. And and I'm like all about justice just as a Libra. So I would never let something happen if it was unjust or unfair. Um, And I think that that's probably part of that as well. So from there, so you read this. Uh, amazingly uh, auspicious and accurate it sounds like Mm. description of yourself based on your birthday right and then from there you were like there's something to this I was like there's something to this I was not religious in in any way I was raised Jewish but I'm not um I don't like go to temple I don't really believe in much um and I this became my religion in a lot of ways I was like this is incredible and you know a big part of who I am is wanting to understand and get to know people and astrology was a perfect outlet for that because I could find out someone's sign and I could get like a gist in a way of of who they are and um and have a read on them already so do you think that it has been how do I put this like have you been proven wrong through your own intuition on it? Yes. Uh, I've been proving, proven wrong in relationships um, when I, you know, assumed it would be one way because of someone's sign. Um, because I didn't start looking at the big picture until probably after college, you know, because I didn't know anything about rising, moon, rest of chart. I was very cut and dry about sun signs. So tell us about your boyfriend now. What sign is he? So what's his chart configuration? Is an Aquarius with a Capricorn rising, like yourself, and a Scorpio moon, uh, a Pisces Venus, which is a very interesting placement that we we should talk about a little bit. Um, and it's he's, my favorite. It's my favorite too. It's my, my boyfriend favorite is too. also a Pisces. It Venus. keeps us together. It really Aww. does. It really does. And. Um, 
he's a Gemini Mars as well, which uh, debatable if that if that part is is good for us or not. We're both Gemini Mars, um, so we both have crazy reactions, which is so fun. My boyfriend is also a Gemini Mars. Yeah, yeah. I it's I think that Mars doesn't mind being in Gemini. I think that it it has something yeah. to do. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's for sure. It's like um, into technology. Is that true? I it's into things. It's into things for sure. It's curious, which is nice. Um, yeah, and he uh, he is also twenty eight. Um, as we spoke about, he's four months younger than I, and um, he was raised by. I, I like this part of it that I that I decided to um, add. He was raised by an Aries and a Scorpio. Cool. Cool. And his sister's so, an Aquarius. Some good well. Mars energy in the mix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scorpio is now associated with Pluto, but it was mm. traditionally a Mars sign. Very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Oh, an Aries man and a Scorpio woman, to be specific. Very good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that is actually in my chart readings. That is very important. I also, I do ask what people's parents and siblings mm. and everybody who everybody is and how and from that I can actually see how people fit in regardless of whether I even have their full chart right I often find and this is maybe just me tooting my own Libra horn but whenever anyone is raised by Libra they're so open-minded so open-minded like everyone I've met who has a Libra parent is insanely accepting of things I have not done this empirical study myself Mm -hmm. but I am very I will keep this in mind moving forward. Yeah, keep it in mind. Tell me if you notice that. For sure. I actually know a lot of Libras who are unbelievably volatile, though, oh, which yeah. I think is really interesting. Me too. me too. Insanely. Because it's the sign of, you know, balance and there's the scale, when the scales are tipped to the other side, run for your life, essentially. Right. You know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very interesting because usually we don't think, I guess, in the pursuit of trying to find balance and harmony, mm. there's a lot that could go wrong. Exactly. When you try too hard to be balanced is when all shit, like, it just hits the fan. So what do you think is working about your relationship with your boyfriend now? Mm. And why is this... I mean, you didn't say this. I'm saying it. But why is this a better relationship than the one with the Aries? Yeah, I mean, it definitely is a better relationship. I I would say it's the most, you know, it's the it's the most like (sighs) mature, I guess, relationship that I've been in thus far. It's really a lot of acceptance um, on both of our ends. And we're almost a year in and and it took a while and it's still taking some time to fully 100% accept the other person for who they are. Um, And really for anyone to accept anyone for for who they are completely. And it's a lot, you know, a lot of work I've put in from working with my therapist and not making the same decisions in relationships that I have in the past. Um, With my partner specifically, I think... It's communication that's number one for us. Like the communication is so good. There's not really even an hour or two that goes by where we're not talking. Um, And that's not for everyone. But for us, 
that's what yeah for your fucking we really like. rising it's yeah. essential it's essential and and so i just i i love how often you know we talk and how i always know what he's up to and even even before we were official um I never for a moment thought that there was someone else because I was like, you know, he's where would the time there wouldn't be time for him to be with anyone else because he's always talking to me, which I loved. Um, And not just, you know, communication over text or phone, but communication about our relationship, about our sex life, about uncomfortable things that I might not have wanted to talk about with uh, former partners or you know, things like that um, and honesty and just being very real with one another um, if our feelings were hurt and really just trying our best to assume the best in each other. You How know? much do you think that that is because you guys work well together or because you guys aren't babies anymore? I think it's like 50-50. It's definitely, they're both really important aspects. But um, I think that if he wasn't who he was and an Aquarius and this type of like, you know, man that he was, it it wouldn't work because I am very, I'm like, I'm intense and I'm very cutting and I say things and I'm sure lots of people do this. Um I don't know if it's necessarily unique to me, but I say things in fights and in heat of moments that some people wouldn't be able to recover from if they might have different placements or are more sensitive. Um, but he, like we, we, our bounce back is incredible. Yeah. I think that that is actually a very good point that you made is that sometimes it's even not what, you know, sometimes when you need to see compatibility is not when it works, but when it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, you know, you don't need a contract when things are working. It's exactly. when things fall apart that the contract becomes really important. Right. It's like how you fight. And I've always learned in therapy, like how you fight really shows more than how you are when it's when it's good. And pretty much every therapist I've ever seen has told me that if you're able to find some kind of humor or lightness when you're in the middle of like a blowout fight is a massive, massively amazing sign that you should, you, you know, will be okay. How often do you guys fight? Um, hmm. Well, we don't live together, so we aren't seeing each other necessarily every day. Um, so I feel like things might be different, you know, if we live together. I would say, hmm, we fight like, I don't know, like maybe once every two weeks. Sometimes depends on depends on the week, depends on the planets, depends on, you know, Mercury <laughs> retrograde. But we haven't really fought more than like three, three times in a week. I don't know. I don't know. It, it really, really depends I'm also like, I love, I love a good fight, you know, so I can start up whenever, like when things are going good, I'm like, mm, let's see what I can, what I can start up with him. Let's about. see what I can stir. Yeah. I'm like, I love the fucking drama, especially cause I'm not like uh, drinking or smoking right now. I'm like, I, I have nothing to like get high off of, you know, I'm like, let me get high off the drama of a fight right now. And he knows that about me. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I like fighting, too, because I think that it keeps both people in. Mm. You know, when you fight, it shows that there's passion. Right. And it also helps to create... Um, it, it's a good platform for people to establish what their needs are. Right. It's almost more of a red flag if you're not fighting. It's the same to me as if someone loves their parents too much. Right. It's the, it, it's the same spirit right like if somebody's like my parents are perfect and they i i couldn't have asked for a better family to me reads the same as somebody who's like i never fight in relationships right it's like honey please exactly. spare me yeah have a fight right like you know recognize that your dad may have given you an eating disorder location like it's okay <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> he didn't mean to it happened it's so true yeah i i just i don't get it but then but then there's like the other side of it just when it comes to families or maybe even relationships like when it's it's just you're living in a fight which is like why why is it always a fight you know there are some families that never can get along for for more than one second and i feel like there's got to be a balance. Yeah, I mean, totally. There a balance. I said, spoken like a true Libra, but like right. a balance <laughs> is definitely important. It's really we don't want to be in extremes in anything that we do. Mm. We want to have the awareness to transcend it, to see things as being, you know, parts of a whole rather than the whole itself, mm -hmm. um, and to take our experiences and to grow from them rather than just get stuck in a pattern. If your pattern is ultimately one that is just this false sense of peace, then mm. that's a problem. If right. your pattern is also constantly fighting and, you know, coming up with new issues to disagree about, then that's a cycle that needs to be broken as well. Right. I think that with relationships, you know, I, I'm curious, do you think that it's possible for two people, let's say they meet at 23 years old, to be the right fit for each other? Could it work when you meet very young? It could work when you understand that this person's going to be a, possibly a completely different person in a matter of years. And you're willing to grow together and be extremely open-minded about your relationship and not suffocate this person but in fact just let them grow and let yourself grow you know and i think if you're if you're third oh, sorry if you're 23 and you're you think you're with the person you're going to end up with uh, great um but you have to be realistic about the fact that you know they're not a fully formed human yet and and neither might you be and you know i, I wouldn't get married i could maybe if I were that 23 year old, see how it goes with that person. And I wouldn't just break up because of fear. But at the same time, it's like, there's so much that could happen in the next few years. And it's just, it's naive to, to not realize that. Yeah, I, I think that um, it's something that when I have younger clients is, an interesting thing to address from my vantage it takes a chart 30 years to come into full maturation mm. so if i can you know tell somebody to just not worry too much before they turn 30 i feel like my job is well done right to not 
make commitments that they don't know if they'll be able to keep, whether that has to do with marriage or children or even like assuming an identity based on a job or like external circumstances that don't give you room to grow, right? That sets you up for a beautiful midlife crisis. Right. But is avoidable. I'm shook by what you just said. I First of all, because I agree. But second of all, because I've never necessarily heard it before. Um, would you co-sign that you don't think anyone should get married before they're 30? I, if I had it my way, no one would get married before 30. Wow. That makes me personally feel really good about my timeline in life because I don't see myself getting married before 30 and I the only reason I was ever hesitant about that was because of society and pressure but I couldn't like I couldn't feel better about it now having heard that from someone I respect well I'm really happy to to share that with you then yeah. I mean I don't know maybe i would taken crazy pills here but to me when I see all of my peers like locking it down at 26 27 you know, I'm not 26, 27 anymore. But at that time, I was like, what are we doing? Right. Like, we're in our 20s. Right. And and there's there are exceptions, right? Like there are people that you kind of know are not changing or growing after that age. I don't know. But you but you never know. I, you never I don't know. I don't think that I, I yes, if if you are listening and you are in the marriage of your dreams and it happened before you were 30, that does not mean that it's a fucked relationship. It doesn't mean that it's not a well-suited partnership. Right. But if it could work out that two people can just wait until after they turn 30 to lock it in, I think that that is almost like the foolproof way mm. of getting married. Yeah. That is the way of getting married that really uh, protects you from having a resentment backlash identity crisis a few years down the line right would you say that it's better to meet someone after 30 or you're okay if you you know already have that partner by 30 because you you're like you've become who you are well one of my teachers Anne ortley says that the people you meet before your saturn return are past life people mm. the people you meet during your saturn return are people who are teaching you lessons and the people you meet after your Saturn return are people for you, for who you are today. Mm. So, you know, you we can sort of drop people into that as they see fit. What if you need to be taught a lesson your whole life? Everybody needs to be taught a lesson their whole life, says Daddy Saturn Capricorn Rising. <laughs> so you can stick with the people teaching you lessons, technically. Totally. That's true. I mean, I don't I think that it's it's more. I think that that's just helpful for us to figure out where the relationships that we have sort of fit in. Um, you know, in none of those does it qualify which is better than the other. It more helps us understand how these individuals um, can illuminate different aspects of who we are. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank and you for being here. Thank you for my hug, Lucy. Lucy is the my co-host. Lucy is the most gorgeous co-host I've ever come across. Oh, she really is beautiful. 
Um, you guys can find me at We Met at Acme. Thank God I didn't get a manicure today because I just want to be teethed, you know? <laughs> um, and you should listen to my episode with Aliza on my podcast um, at We Met at Acme. Tell me what you think. She is so enlightening about all this different astrology stuff and, and a lot more. And um, my personal Instagram is at Linz Metz with Z's, L-I-N-D-Z-M-E-T-Z. And um, yeah, that's my stuff. Well, we're all going to go find you and, and follow your relationship now. Or at least I am because I'm a big old voyeur. Oh, please. Please <laughs> follow away. Ow, okay. That wasn't a teeth, baby. Okay. All right. We're fighting now. <laughs> She's a Scorpio. Let's not forget. Yeah. All right, thanks so much, Lindsay. Lindsay.